السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ ہاؤ یو آل ڈوئنگ الحمد للہ گڈ ٹو سی یو سو ار یو ریڈی فار یور کلاس نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي ربنا زدنا علما وی ار اسٹڈینگ کتاب الوضو کتاب الوضو دا بک اف وضو میننگ ابلوشن اینڈ وی ار آن باب 9 حدیث نمبر 142 باب ما يقول What is to be said in the khala'i, in the near al-khala'i, the washroom? Meaning, what should a person say when he goes to the washroom? The word khala' is from khala'am wa'u, وَإِذَا خَلَوْ إِلَى شَيَاطِينِهِمْ Khala' yakhlu is to be alone, to become alone. And khala' is the place where a person is alone. Meaning, it is the place where a person answers the call of nature, where he uses the washroom. And he is alone over there. So this is the reason why it is called khala. So what should a person say when he goes to use the washroom? حدثنا آدم قال حدثنا شعبة عن عبد العزيز بن صهيب قال he said سمعت أنسا I heard Anas. And this is Anas رضي الله عنه. يقول he was saying that كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم it was his habit كان he used to إِذَا دَخَلَ الْخَلَاءَ When he would enter the washroom. Then, قَالَ He would say, اللهم, O Allah, إِنِّي أَعُوذُ بِكَ Indeed, I seek protection with you. مِنَ الْخُبُثِ Against or from the خُبُث وَالْخَبَائِث and the خَبَائِث. خُبُث meaning the impure beings and خَبَائِث also impure beings. And خُبُث is masculine and خَبَائِث is feminine. تابعه ابن عرعرة عن شعبة another version another chain of the hadith وقال غندر and غندر said عن شعبة from شعبة إذا أتى الخلاء when one of you comes to the washroom then he should say that وقال موسى عن حماد إذا دخل meaning when a person has already entered then he should say it so some said that before entering a person should say this dua and others said that After entering the washroom, then this dua should be said. وَقَالَ سَعِيدُ بْنُ زَيْدٍ حَدَّثَنَا عَبْدُ الْعَزِيزِ إِذَا أَرَادَ أَنْ يَدْخُلَ That when a person intends to enter, then he should say this dua. We see in this hadith that it was a habit of the Prophet ﷺ that before he used the washroom, he would say this dua to seek the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala against the evil shayateen. And remember that there are two types of khala. There are two types of washroom. First is when a place has been specified for the purpose of using the washroom. So for example, you go to a building, you go to your house, there is a washroom. I mean, that place has been built, it has been specified. Why? So that you use the toilet over there. And another is, the second type is, that a person, you know, he's out somewhere in the wilderness, he's out, you know, in a field, going through a forest, and obviously he's not going to find a toilet over there, so he has to use the washroom, so what is he going to do? He's going to find a corner or, you know, a place that is secluded, a place in which he, he can be covered easily, and he will use the washroom over there. So these are two types of washrooms. Now, when a person enters the place, the designated place, then he should say the dua before entering. Or upon entering. And if a person 
is just using the washroom in an open place, then before he starts using the washroom, then he should say that dua. So in either case, no matter where a person is, at home, outside, wherever, before using the washroom, a person must say this dua. And this dua, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubuthi wal-khaba'is, there are two wordings of this dua. In the text that is in front of you, you will see one wording, but there's another wording as well. One is, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubuthi wal-khaba'is. And khubuth with a dhamma on the ba. With a dhamma on the ba, khubuth. Khubuth is the plural of khabis. And who is khabis? One who is unclean, one who is impure. And khaba'is, plural of khabisah. So khabis and khabisah, meaning the male and the female. The male and the female beings that are impure, that are unclean. And who are they? The shayateen. The shayateen, the devils. And another pronunciation of this dua is, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubsi, with a sukoon on the ba, wal-khaba'is. And khubs refers to, it means every impurity, every uncleanliness, every evil. And khaba'is refers to the nufus. The, the beings that are evil, whether male or female, it doesn't matter. So we see that the second version, the second wording of the dua, it is more general. That a person is seeking refuge against not just the shayateen, not just the devils, but also any impure thing, any unclean thing. Because we know that washrooms are places that are generally unclean. No matter how much a person maintains it, there is uncleanliness over there. There is filth over there. That is why that place has been designated. So, and there are different kinds of impurities, tangible as well as otherwise. So physical impurity, many times it happens that if, if a toilet is not clean, if a washroom has not been kept clean, then a person can actually pick up diseases from there. A person can pick up infections from there. This is why they say that, you know, wash your hands before and after, you know, wipe properly, dry, leave the place dry. Why? Because if it's wet, if there's impurity everywhere, then people can catch illnesses, they can catch diseases, infections can spread. So, you seek protection with Allah against such impurities as well. And secondly, the shayateen. Why shayateen over here? Because we see that washrooms are places that are generally unclean, and shayateen, the devils, they like places that are filthy. They are attracted to places that are dirty, that are unclean. And this is the reason why a person should remove filth from his body as well. Because if a person stays filthy, if a person stays unclean, then this is a means of attracting the shayateen. This is why it's necessary that we keep our bodies clean, we shower regularly, you know, and we see that the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ was that before he would go to bed, he would perform wudu. And he disliked that it was not his sunnah that he would go to sleep in a state of impurity. Because impurity, uncleanliness, this attracts shayateen. And this is the reason why magicians, when they practice their sorcery, what do they do? They stay unclean. Because that is what invites the shaitan. So when using the washroom before that, seek protection with Allah against the evil shayateen because they can harm a person. They can harm a person. So this is why it's necessary. And also it's very important that we teach children this important dua as well. Because if a habit is developed in childhood, then it stays with the person forever. Isn't it so? So it's necessary that children from a very young age are taught this Torah and they are reminded before they enter the washroom that they say this Torah as well. Because it's necessary that we keep safe from the harm and the harassment of shayateen and we have, you know, we are naturally repulsed from that which is filthy and we are attracted to that which is clean. Recently my son 
generally when when I would take him to the washroom, I would say the dua for him, and he would only say the end part, because he would be he would find it too difficult to say the entire dua. So I got this card. It's actually you can hang it on the door, and it has dua written on it. So every time that he is entering the washroom now, he will stop and he will look at it and he will say the dua. So it's very important that we teach children this dua because they need to be protected from evil as well. And these habits of staying clean, they are necessary from a very young age. So we see this, the habit of the Prophet ﷺ that he would say this dua before entering the washroom. It's better, but the thing is that if, for example, in a house you keep the doors of your washroom closed, and let's say there is no window, then the filth will really stay inside. I mean, such places also need to air out. It's not necessary to keep the door closed. It's not necessary. But if you feel like closing it at certain times, there is no harm. Again, no matter how much you clean your washroom, even if you say it's perfectly clean, it is a place of filth. Okay, It is a place where there is filth, even if it's washed away, but that is the place for it. So it's best if we keep the words of Allah and His Messenger out of that place. Bab وَضْعِ الْمَاءِ عِنْدَ الْخَلَاءِ to place, to place what? Alma, the water, where? عِنْدَ الْخَلَاءِ by the washroom, by the toilet. Placing the water by the toilet. Meaning, can you have water in a toilet or at a place where a person is using the washroom? Will that water become impure? Will that water be filthy? Can you use it for the purpose of washing yourself? Can you use it for the purpose of making wudu? Is it permissible? Yes, it is. There's no harm. So, for example, if you have to do wudu, can you do it in the washroom? Yes, you can. Can you have some water in a bucket in your washroom and can you use it for wudu, that water? Of course you can. There's no harm in doing that. Because yes, the toilets, the washrooms are places that are unclean, but it doesn't mean that if you put something there, it will become unclean. So if water is kept over there, it's not going to become unclean. حدثنا عبد الله بن محمد قال حدثنا هاشم بن القاسم قال حدثنا ورقاء عن عبيد الله بن أبي يزيد عن ابن عباس أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم دخل الخلاء ابن عباس he said that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he entered الخلاء the washroom فوضعت so I placed له for him وضوءا Wadu'an, water that is used for wudu. Water that is used for purification, for washing. Qala, the Prophet ﷺ said, Man wada'a hadha, who placed this? Meaning, who kept this water over here? Fa'ukhbira, so he was informed that Ibn Abbas had done it. Fa'ala, so he said, Allahumma faqihu fiddeen. O Allah, give him the understanding of deen. Who? Ibn Abbas. Because Ibn Abbas wasn't asked, he wasn't told by the Prophet ﷺ to bring the water, to place it over there. Ibn Abbas himself took the initiative and he kept the water over there for the Prophet ﷺ. And he was so happy, he was so pleased that he made dua for him immediately. That Allahumma faqihu fiddeen. If you notice the word wadu'an, wadu. There is one word that is called wadu and another word that is wudu. So wow with the fatha and wow with the dhamma. What's the difference? Just one haraka. But the meaning is also very different. The word wadu is used for water that is used for cleanliness. Water that is used for performing ablution. 
Wudu with a dhamma is to perform ablution. So what's the correct pronunciation next time you want to go do ablution? What will you say? Wudu. If you say wudu, then that is incorrect pronunciation. So we see in this hadith that Abdullah ibn Abbas, he placed water for the Prophet ﷺ by the washroom so that after he's done, he can wash himself and he can perform wudu. And the Prophet ﷺ was very happy. He was very, very pleased with the act of Ibn Abbas. And why do you think Ibn Abbas would do that? Why? I mean, many times it happens that we can help another, we can assist another person by just giving a glass of water, by just passing, you know, a tissue, by, you know, directing them to something. But we don't take the initiative over there. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he did that because he wanted to perform more hasanat. In the Quran, Allah says, فَاسْتَبِقُ khayrat, Race in doing good deeds. And at the same time, we see that Abdullah ibn Abbas, he was one of those people who learned a lot as well. We have learned many ahadith that have been narrated by him. Many things that have been explained by him. You know, generally it is thought that if a person is learning, then his hirs, his greed should only be for learning you know, the rulings, learning the evidences, learning the texts, learning the hadith, learning the verses, and so on and so forth. But we see that at the same time, Ibn Abbas was also very ahead in performing good deeds. And we're not talking about big good deeds, but little, little basic things as well. Not big good deeds like giving a lot of charity, but something as small as, you know, bringing water for somebody so that they can wash themselves. And this, a person can only do when he's farsighted, when he's concerned for others. That Ibn Abbas knew that if the Prophet ﷺ was using the washroom, he is going to need water. And although using the water to clean yourself is not something that is mandatory, but still he brought it because it is better. We know in the Quran that Allah says, "In Allah yuhibbu tawabin wa yuhibbu mutatahirin." Allah likes that a person washes himself every time. So he brought the water for the Prophet ﷺ even without being asked. And he knew that if the Prophet ﷺ used the washroom, he might want to make wudu. So he brought water to him. He didn't wait to be asked. He didn't wait to be asked. The other day I was at a public place and I saw a security guard. He was walking. And as he was walking, there was a piece of garbage on the floor. And he picked it up and he continued walking and then he threw it in the closest garbage can. And I thought to myself, yes, it is his job to be here. Right? He is hired over here. He is working over here. But his job description does not include picking up garbage. Why do you think he did that? Hmm? Because he didn't like filth. He didn't like that there should be dirt everywhere. There should be pollution everywhere. There should be litter. So when he saw litter, he picked it up, even though it was not in his job description. So there are some people who do only what they're asked to do. Only what they are required to do. Only what they are forced to do. And there are other people who take the initiative. Who are proactive. Some people they react afterwards and some people they react from before. They are proactive. You know one is that a person thinks, uses his mind, is careful, alert, conscious from before. And he thinks, okay what can I do? He's looking for opportunities. And there's another person who's running away from opportunities. He's only doing what he's asked to do. You know, the security guard could have said, oh, I was never told. You know, it's not my job. Nobody asked me to do it. Why did he do it? Because he cared for that place. He cared for other people. 
So likewise, when we have care for others, when we are concerned for others, then only we will take the initiative to do such things. And this also shows that Ibn Abbas didn't just view the Prophet ﷺ as a teacher, that okay, I'm supposed to learn stuff from him. No, but he also cared for him. He also cared for his small needs, for his basic needs. And this shows that he didn't just consider the Prophet ﷺ to be a teacher, but he also respected him. He also adored him. He also respected him. And look at the dua that the Prophet ﷺ made for him. Allahumma faqihu fi deen O Allah, give him the understanding of the deen. Why this dua in particular? That give him the understanding of deen. Because man yurid Allahu bi khayran, yifaqihu fi deen. And why do you think the Prophet ﷺ made this dua at this occasion? Use your mind. Think about it. Why do you think he made this dua at this occasion? Out of all the duas that he could have made for him at this occasion, he chose this one. He made this one. That Ibn Abbas, his action showed that he understood. He understood the needs of people. He understood fiqh, that when a person has used the washroom, he will need water. And that to be in the state of wudu, again he needs water. So it showed his understanding as well. Not just his proactiveness, but also his understanding. So the Prophet ﷺ made dua for him that may he increase in his understanding. May Allah give him more understanding. And we see that this dua was definitely accepted for Ibn Abbas. That he was one of the scholars of the deen. He was one of those people to whom the great sahaba would come to even to ask questions about the deen. So Allah responded to the dua of the Prophet ﷺ in the favor of Ibn Abbas. That it's possible that you are, you know, sharing a washroom with somebody, whether it is at home or it is, you know, at a public washroom place, and everywhere showers are not available. You have those water buckets, and for that, it's possible that after you're done using the washroom, you could fill it up and leave it for the other person. Correct? So that when they come, they're not wondering, okay, now how do I get the water? So it's necessary that we start showing care for other people in this way. You know, just like when you use the washroom, you leave it dry so that when another person comes in, they don't feel uncomfortable over there. Likewise, before leaving, fill up the water container, leave it over there as a charity for the other, as a sadaqah, as a gift for the other. It is one of those hidden good deeds you know, that other people may not know about, but only you and Allah know about that. Only you, it's only between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, in the month of Ramadan, there are many, you know, goals that we may have set for ourselves. One of the goals that we should set for ourselves is that every single day perform a good deed, a secret good deed, that is just between you and Allah. Nobody knows about it. No person knows about it. And if somebody finds out by chance, that's different. So this is one of the things that we can do that it really shows how much love Ibn Abbas had for the Prophet ﷺ. That we see that as a, as a young child, I mean, he would go to the house of the Prophet ﷺ to stay in the night so that he could see how the Prophet ﷺ spent his night. How much did he pray? When did he pray? When did he go to the masjid? He wanted to see all of these things. And as a result of that, he got to know about the habits of the Prophet ﷺ, what he liked, what he did not like. And he knew that if the Prophet ﷺ is using the washroom, he is going to need water. So without even being asked, he went, got it, and brought it for him. And didn't even say, oh, I have placed water for you over here. And you know, sometimes you can make a person happy with smallest of things even. 
with a very small thing. We think if we want to please another person, we have to buy them an expensive gift. No. Even the smallest of things we can do to make other people happy. Bab, la tustaqbalu al-qiblatu. La tustaqbal. Tustaqbal, it will be faced from istiqbal, from qibla. So la tustaqbal, it should not be faced. What? Al-qiblatu, the qibla, meaning the prayer direction. When? Bigha'itin aw bawlin. At the time of ghaiq or bawlin. Meaning at the time of using the washroom. Ghaiq, toilet, and bawl, urine. The word ghaiq is actually used for a toilet, a place that is designated for answering the call of nature. But when this word is used with bawl, then it refers to defecation, human excretion, and bowl urine. So in other words, when a person is using the washroom, then he should not face the qibla. When a person is using the washroom, he should not face the qibla. Illa except, there is one exception. When he can face the qibla while using the toilet. And that is, al binai Near a building. Meaning, unless there is a building that is screening him, that is covering him. So there is a building that is right in front of him. What kind of a building? Jidarin, a wall. أو نحوه, or it's like. So a person should not use the toilet while he is facing the qibla unless there is a wall right in front of him, unless there is a screen right in front of him. There should be a barrier. I mean, a person might say there are many barriers between me and the Kaaba. Yes, there may be many barriers, many buildings on the way. But it has to be immediately in front of you. Okay, it has to be immediately in front of you. Why do you think so? Why is it not permissible? that a person faces the Qibla while using the washroom. Why? Out of respect for the Qibla. Because that is the direction we face when we are praying Salah. When we are praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it would be disrespectful that a person is using the washroom and he's also facing the same direction. حَدَّثَنَا آدَمُ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا إِبْنُ أَبِي ذِئْبٍ He said, إِبْنُ أَبِي ذِئْب He narrated قال he said حدثنا الزهري عن عطاء ابن يزيد الليثي عن ابي ايوب الانصاري ابو ايوب الانصاري قال he said قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he said اذا اتى when he came meaning when one of you comes احدكم one of you الغائط the toilet when one of you uses the toilet فلا يستقبل القبلة then he should not face the qibla. Wala and nor yuwalliha, he should turn towards it, zahrahu, his back. So a person must neither face the qibla nor should he have his back towards the karba. He should neither face it nor he should have his back against towards it. He said, sharriku aw gharribu. Sharriku meaning either face the mashriq aw gharribu or face the maghrib. Mashriq, east, and Maghrib, west. Why did he say face the east or the west? Because he said this statement when he was in Medina. And Makkah, it's towards the north of Medina. So if a person were to face south, then his back would be towards Makkah. Okay, Makkah is towards the north of Medina. If a person was to face north, then he would be facing the Kaaba, the Qibla. And if he would face north, then his back would be towards Makkah. So this is why he said either face east or west. So that a person is neither facing it nor the Kaaba is behind him. Shadiqu aw gharibu. Now this hadith is general. 
in this hadith there is no exception that is mentioned. Correct? It has mentioned that whenever you're using the washroom, do not face the Kaaba, do not face the Qibla, don't even have your back towards it. So why does Imam Bukhari write the exception over there? إِلَّا عِنْدَ الْبِنَاءِ جِدَارٍ أَوْ نَحْوِهِ Where does the exception come from? Where does the exception come from? Is it mentioned in this hadith? It's not mentioned in this hadith. It is mentioned in the hadith that is next. But the first principle is derived from this hadith, which is that a person must not face the qibla when using the washroom. باب من تبرز على لبنتين من تبرز تبرز is from تبرز from the root letters ba ra zay and buruz is to appear فلما برزوا لجالوت وجنوده so it is to appear to come into view وبرزت الجحيم برزت it will be brought into view and it doesn't just mean to appear but it also means to depart to set out Okay, to set out, to depart. So tabarruz, tabarruz is to go out in order to use the washroom, in order to answer the call of nature. To go out in order to use the washroom. This is what tabarruz means. Because before, people would not necessarily use the washroom in their houses. Most of the time they would go outside in open fields. That's where they would go. Rarely ever would people use the washrooms in their houses. But it was also a practice. But the word tabarruz doesn't just mean that a person goes out, but it also means that a person just uses the washroom, whether in his house or outside. Okay? So it's a general word for using the washroom. So, man tabarraza ala labinataini, upon two bricks. Upon two bricks. Meaning he's not using the toilet on the bare ground, but he has two bricks on which he has his feet, and then he is using the toilet. Is that permissible? Say, why not? Of course. The thing is that these are simple issues, very clear, simple issues. But sometimes people make a big deal out of it. You know, people will say that you should only use the toilet on the floor. Don't use these ceramic toilets. It's a bid'ah. It's not a bid'ah. It's not innovation. Because we see that the Prophet ﷺ, he used the washroom on plain ground as well as bricks. So if he used two bricks, that means that you can use something other than ground as well. So it's perfectly fine. حدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف قال أخبرنا مالك عن يحيى بن سعيد عن محمد بن يحيى بن حبان عن عمه Who is عم? Uncle So he is narrating from his uncle واسع بن حبان So واسع بن حبان He is a tabari He said عن عبد الله بن عمر From عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله عنه That عبد الله بن عمر أنه ترنديدهي كان يقول He used to say He said what did he say? That inna nasan, indeed people, yaquluna they say, ida qa'atta, when you sit down, ala hajatika, for your need, meaning when you sit down in order to answer the call of nature, fala tastaqbil al-qiblata, then do not face the qibla, wala bayt al-maqdis, nor bayt al-maqdis. So Abdullah ibn Umar, he is talking to Wasir ibn Habban, and he is saying that the people, this is what they say, this is what they said to me. That when you're using the toilet, then don't face the qibla and don't even face the Baytul Maqdis. And remember that Baytul Maqdis in the opposite direction. فَقَالَ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ So Abdullah ibn Umar, he said, لَقَدْ Certainly, ارْتَقَيْتُ I ascended, I went up, يَوْمًا one day, عَلَى ظَهْرِ بَيْتٍ لَنَا عَلَى upon ظَهْرِ The back of بَيْتٍ a house لَنَا 
of ours. I went on the back of the house. Back over here doesn't mean the back side, but rather it means the roof. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about the earth, the dhahr of the earth, the back of the earth. What does it mean? The surface of the earth. Okay, the top part of the earth. Likewise, zahr of the bait is the top of the house, meaning the roof of the house. So Abdullah ibn Umar, he's saying that one day I went up to the, the roof of the house, and this house was one of ours. فَرَأَيْتُ So I saw Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, عَلَى لَبِنَتَيْنِ He was on two bricks, مُسْتَقْبِلًا And he was facing بَيْتَ الْمَقْدِسِ بَيْتَ الْمَقْدِسِ Why? لِحَاجَتِهِ For his need, meaning to enter the call of nature, to use the washroom. وَقَالَ And he said, Ibn Umar, he said, لَعَلَّكَ Perhaps you are, you meaning, Wasir ibn Hibban, the one whom he was talking to, من الذين amongst those people who yusalluna, who pray على أوراقهم on their أوراق أوراق hips. فقلت so I said لا أدري I don't know والله by Allah meaning I don't know about such matters. قال مالك مالك said يعني he meant meaning Abdullah ibn Umar he meant by the statement that perhaps you are of those people who pray on their hips alladhi the one who yusalli he prays wala yirtafi'u and he does not raise up an al-ard from the earth yasjudu he prostrates wa huwa lasiqun bil while he is lasiq meaning joined completely to the earth meaning he is not performing the sajda in the proper way inshallah i'll get to this as to why ibn Umar made this statement what do we see in this hadith that Abdullah ibn Umar he is saying that once he went up to the house, to the roof, and he saw the Prophet ﷺ using the washroom. In another version of the hadith, we learned that he went up to the house of Hafsa. And who was Hafsa? The wife of the Prophet ﷺ. And what was her relationship with Abdullah ibn Umar? She was his sister. So he went up to the roof of her house. And you would wonder, why would he go up to the roof of the house? How old was Abdullah ibn Umar at that time? He was a very young boy. And it is expected from little children, from especially young boys, that they don't like to stay on ground level, rather they go up to the, they like to go up to the roof of the buildings. I'm sure you've seen this ladder over here on the back of the building outside. It's a ladder that's quite high up. But once I saw children who were trying to get onto that ladder so that they could go up to the roof. So children, they love to go up to such, you know, places because they're very adventurous and, you know, they love to do such kind of things. So anyway, Abdullah ibn Umar, he went up for whatever reason. Okay, but we can't say that he went up to deliberately see, okay, who's in the washroom, who's going, what's happening. No, it's not conceivable that he would ever do such a thing. And even if he did, it would be to see how the Prophet ﷺ would use the washroom. And the fact is that if a person sees from the top, then the aura of the other person, the private part of the other person is not visible from the top. So anyway, he went up. When he was there, he saw the Prophet ﷺ using the washroom. And remember that it could have been accidental, meaning he accidentally saw the Prophet ﷺ. And the first glance, the first gaze is, okay, meaning a person is not held accountable for that. What you accidentally see, it's not a sin on you. But the second glance is that which a person is held accountable for. So, for example, you see someone who's dressed inappropriately or a part of their body that should be covered is being revealed. You see it by accident. Then what's your obligation? That you that you turn your gaze away. You look away. 
Because if you look again, or if you continue looking, even after remembering, then you will be held accountable for that. Then you will be asked about that. So the first glance is forgiven, inshallah. Because it was not deliberate. So when he went up to the roof, he saw that the Prophet ﷺ was using the toilet while he was facing Baytul Maqdis. And when in Medina, when a person faces the Baytul Maqdis, then his back is towards the Kaaba. When a person is facing Baytul Maqdis, then his back is towards the Kaaba. So he saw the Prophet ﷺ using the toilet facing Baytul Maqdis. So what does it show? That it is permissible to face the Qibla when using the toilet as long as it is within an enclosure. As long as there is a screen immediately in front of you. And a screen doesn't mean like, you know, like a curtain, but like a building. Okay? Like a wall. Something that has been constructed. Alright? So, it happens, for example, you are in a non-Muslim country, and the way a washroom has been constructed, has been built, is that the toilet is facing the karba, or the back is towards the karba. So you're not going to use the toilet? Can you use it? Yes, you can. Why? Because it is within an enclosure. There is a wall immediately in front of you. And it's also possible that, for instance, in a Muslim country, even a person has to place the toilet at a particular place in the washroom because because of different reasons, plumbing reasons or you know the layout of the washroom. It's not possible that it be placed in a way that it doesn't face the karba, it doesn't face the Baytul Maqdis. So it's okay. Why? Because it is within an enclosure. So it is permissible. And in this hadith, we also see that the Prophet ﷺ was on two bricks. Meaning he had his feet on two bricks. Why? Why would a person do that? In order to stay clean. In order to be as far as possible from the filth. So that there are no sprinkles that come on him. So we see that any kind of toilet, it is allowed for us to use it whether it's a toilet seat okay, or it is a toilet that's on the ground, whatever it is, as long as tahara is not affected, as long as tahara is not damaged, as long as the place does not make you more dirty. Now we see here that Ibn Umar, he said to Wasir that perhaps you are of those people who perform the sajda on his hips. The word that is used over here, awraq. Awraq is a plural of wirk, and wirk is used for the thigh, and it's also used for the hip. So you perform sajda on your thighs, on your hips. And Malik, he explained this as the one who prays, and he does not get up from the earth. When he does sajda, he does sajda in the earth, that his body is completely joined to the ground. How? That his stomach is touching the thighs, and he's so low in his position that his hips are also touching the ground. Who performs sajda like that? Someone who is not familiar with the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Because what is the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ? That he would have his feet standing up. right? He would have his feet standing up, resting on his toes. Correct? And when a person is doing sajda like that, then his hips cannot touch the ground. And then automatically, his upper body will be lifted, meaning his thighs cannot touch the stomach. And that is the masnoon way of doing the sajda. So when Abdullah ibn Umar said to him, that perhaps you are of those people who do sajda in this way, what he meant was that perhaps you are of those people who don't even know the basic sunnah. Because if you knew this sunnah, 
then you would also know the sunnah of how to use the washroom. You are People are objecting, people are saying that, oh, you can't face the Qibla, you can't face the Kaaba when you're using the toilet. But they are unfamiliar with this basic sunnah, with this basic exception that is very clear, that is known to the people of knowledge. That when you are in an enclosure, then it's perfectly fine. Then there is no harm. Okay? So you understand? There are two lessons that we learn in this hadith, mainly two. What are they? First of all, the permissibility of using the toilet while facing the qibla or the back towards the qibla in an enclosure. And secondly, secondly, using any kind of toilet as long as, as long as it does not affect the tahara. Anything else you'd like to say? Share one thing with the person sitting next to you. Perhaps you're afraid of talking in class, so talk to the person sitting next to you. With regards to the washroom, it's very clear. But even that, there is an exception. That if a person is within an enclosure, there is a wall, then it's permissible, it's okay. But people generalize this and they say that if you're sitting, then you should not have your feet in the direction of the qibla. And if you're sleeping, you're lying down, again, you should not have your feet in the direction of the qibla. Again, if it's in an open place, you know, for example, if a person is sleeping in an open place and he feels uncomfortable, it's different. But if it's in an enclosed place, you're in a room, it's different, it's okay. Because sometimes your room is such that if you place your bed in a way that it doesn't face the qibla, then you'll have very little space otherwise. So it's permissible. And uh, you know, many times people think that this is the way that we show respect to the karba. And other, the correct ways, the real ways of showing respect to the karba, people are completely unfamiliar with that. They don't focus on that. Instead, they focus on these minor things. Can the water that has been kept in the washroom for the purpose of washing oneself, can that be used for drinking? If you know that that water is clean, then there's no harm. Because that same water you are also putting in your mouth to rinse your mouth. So if you can use it to rinse your mouth, if you can use it to rinse your face, to wash your face, to wash your arms, to wipe your head with, to clean your ears with, then I'm sure it is also safe for you to drink. Okay, So there's not no harm in it. If you don't feel good about it, then it's okay. But if you see somebody drinking that water, don't think that they're doing something wrong. Because the Prophet ﷺ was using the washroom inside the house. Inside the house doesn't mean inside the, the sleeping place where the room was, but you can think of it like right next to the room or the hujra was a place that was fixed for using the toilet as well. And obviously that was covered from the sides. There were walls on the sides. He went up on the roof. And you know, Perhaps it was such, it must have been such that the washroom part had no roof on it for the purpose of, you know, airing out the place or whatever reason, but it had no roof on it. Okay? And you will also find such places today. I myself have seen such places today. The washrooms, they don't have ceilings on top, out, you know, in the villages or such places. You will come across that. That's perfectly fine. This dua, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubuthi wal-khaba'is. Do you all know this dua? Can you read it? Now, sometimes you can say one version of Dora, Khubuthi, and other times you can also say Khubsi. The one with Khubsi, with the Sukun and the Ba, that's more general. That's more general. Because you're seeking Allah's protection against the evil things, the impurities, as well as the Shayateen as well. It's more comprehensive, it's more general. So it's better that we, we can also make that Dora. Another version of the Dora tells us about 
the Bismillah before the dua. So Bismillah, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-qubati wal-khaba'is. That is also a masnoon. Can you use the variety? Can you say one dua once and another version at another time? Of course you can. It's preferable. Because I mean in many duas we find these different varieties. Even the dua for entering the masjid and leaving the masjid. Yes. Some of the stickers would have Bismillahi wa salatu wa salam wa rasulillahi. Allahumma ftahli wa rahmatik. And since most of us will be entering and leaving masjid frequently, yes. we're thinking, okay, which version to yes. go for? Yeah. You can do both. I like all of the different versions actually. Because there, every time that you read a different version, it makes you understand the situation differently. Right? And you're asking for different things. Now just think about it. There's just the difference of one sign, one halakha. And look at the difference in the meaning. So take advantage of this variety. This is not contradiction. This is variety. Okay. Next bab. Bab, khuruj al-nisai ila al-baraz. Khuruj, the going out of who? An-nisa, the women. Where? Ila al-baraz. To the baraz. Baraz from the same root as the baruz. The baraza meaning to use the washroom. Can women go out of their houses somewhere else to use the restrooms, to use the washrooms? Yes, it is permissible. Because sometimes women think that using a public washroom is not a good idea. They're always doubtful. What if there are cameras? And what if people can see you? And what if there's this? And what if there's that? Don't base your life on what ifs because that will make your life very difficult. If there's a public washroom and there's a door and... You can close that door. Use that washroom comfortably. So, خروج النسائي إلى البراز. And especially over here, baraz is, you know, going out in the open in order to relieve oneself. This is not a closed place where you can go lock the door and it's only you inside. No, it's an open field, an open space where a person uses the washroom. So, can women go out over there to relieve themselves? Yes, they can. It's permissible. حدثنا يحيى بن بكير قال حدثنا الليث قال حدثني عقيل عن ابن شهاب عن عروة عن عائشة عائشة رضي الله عنها she narrated that أن indeed أزواج النبي the wives of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم كنا they used to يخرجنا they would go out they would leave بالليل in the night إذا when تبرزنا تبرزنا meaning they would go to use the washroom so they would go out in the night in order to use the washroom. And where would they go? إلى المناصر To المناصر Manasir is the name of a place near Baqir. You know Baqir? Jannatul Baqir, the graveyard in Medina. So Manasir was a place near Baqir and it was an open, vast, extensive place where people would go for the washroom. It was like understood that men would go towards one side of it and the women would go towards the other side of it. So the wives of the Prophet ﷺ, they would go out at night. Al-Manasir, Aisha anha, she explained it, وَهُوَ And it is, Sa'idun Afyah. Sa'id. What is Sa'id? Sa'idan Tayyiban. Sa'id. It's the top part, the top layer, the surface of the earth. But it's not rocky. It is basically soil. Okay, so the top layer of soil. The higher part so this was Sa'id, that is Afyah. Afyah, vast, extensive. So you can say a plain, open field, and the soil was also, you know, obviously of mud, it was soil, it wasn't rock. Why would people go there? A, because it was huge, it was vast. So if it's vast, if a person is far away, he can go far away, and then you can't see him. He can have some privacy in the distance. 
And secondly, they would also go there because the soil was soft. And it's preferable that when a person is using the washroom, then he makes the soil soft so that the sprinkles don't splatter on him. Okay? They don't splatter back on him. Rather, they're absorbed into the earth. So, وَهُوَ سَعِيدٌ أَفْيَحُ فَكَانَ عُمَرُ سُعْمُرُ الضِّلَوْ عَنْهُ يَقُولُ He used to say, لِلنَّبِيِّ to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم أُحْجُبْ نِسَاءَك Tell your women, meaning tell your wives to wear the hijab. Why would he say that? When his wives would go out of the house, he didn't like that people would see, oh, the wives of the Prophet ﷺ are going. You know, they're going to use the washroom. They're going, you know, with so-and-so. They're going over here. So he was a man with a lot of ghira, meaning he was very protective, very protective of women. So he did not like the fact that if the wives of the Prophet ﷺ were leaving their house, they were going somewhere, people would notice that. And especially in Medina, there were some hypocrites who were out there to, you know, say anything against the family of the Prophet ﷺ. You know, Aisha anha, she got left behind on one of the journeys as, and, you know, there was a huge accusation that was hurled against her by the munafiqeen that, Naudhu she had committed zina. So they were looking for excuses, you know, the smallest of things that they could blow out of proportion in order to harm the image of the house, the family of the Prophet ﷺ. So, Umar anhu, he used to say to the Prophet ﷺ, tell your wives to wear the hijab because I don't like it when they're recognized. I don't like it when you know people know, okay, they're going here, they're going there, they can follow them around. And what does it show? That they did not like that they should become very noticeable. Hmm? That they should become very noticeable. And what do people like today? That they should be noticed when they step out of their house or whether they are online, you know, anywhere, they want to be noticed. They want that their presence is noticed by other people, felt by other people. So, which is the reason why sometimes people wear certain clothes or they behave in a certain way or they walk in a certain way or they go to certain places just so that they can be noticed. But we see that a person should prefer, you can say, low profile for themselves. Why? Because as soon as a person goes high profile, then other people start looking at him. And there's also evil eye. So it's best that a person is cautious, he's careful. So he said, أُحْجُبْ نِسَاءَكَ But the Prophet ﷺ, what was his response? فَلَمْ يَكُنْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ يَفْعَلُ Prophet ﷺ would not tell his wives to cover themselves up completely, meaning to cover their faces, to completely cover themselves when they were going out. Why? Why do you think so? Why do you think he would not tell his wives? Because the command had not come. And he did not want to make it difficult for his wives. There are some things that you may like and you may want that it should be part of the religion. But if it's not part of the religion, don't make it a part of the religion. Because if you do it, you're going to make it difficult for yourself and you're also going to make it difficult for other people. So for example, basic things like tahara, we see that there's so much vastness. You know, you can use a toilet on the floor. You can sit on a toilet seat and use the washroom as well. Okay, your preference is that people should not use the floor toilets. Why? Because you don't know how to use it properly. So don't make it haram on other people. Okay, don't say that it's not allowed. No, it is allowed. Just because you're not comfortable with something or just because you are too comfortable with something, don't impose it. Don't make it a part of the religion. So the Prophet ﷺ, he did not tell his wives that you have to cover yourselves up when you go. So one day what happened? 
فخرجت so she went out who سودت سودة بنت زمعة and سودة رضي الله عنها who was she زوج النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم the wife of the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم so once she went out ليلة at night من الليالي of the nights meaning one night and it was the time of Isha. So it wasn't even too late in the night. At the time of Isha, she went out. Why did she go out? In order to use the washroom. وَكَانَتْ And she was imra'atan طَوِيلَةً She was a tall woman. She was a tall woman. And although it was dark, although it was dark, when she went out because of her tall height and also because of her face and her appearance, she was recognized immediately. So فَنَادَاهَا عُمَرُ عُمَرُ رَضِلَوَعًا Who called her. And he said, أَلَا قَدْ عَرَفْنَاكِ يَا سَوْدَ That, O oh, Sauda, I have recognized you. I know it's you. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? Wouldn't you think that it was so disrespectful of him to address the wife, the Prophet ﷺ in that way? I recognized you. Why would he say that? Because he really wanted that they should cover themselves up. That they should wear complete hijab when going out. He did not want that they should be recognized by other people. So, he was trying to make her feel that, look, I have recognized you. And I know where you're going. It's not something that's decent, that you know that people should find out about. So he did not want that she should be recognized. This is why he said, قَدْ عَرَفْنَاكِ يَا سَوْدَ And he said this hirsan, out of this hirs, out of this strong, intense desire, عَلَىٰ أَبَانْ أَنْ يَنْزِلَ الْحِجَابِ That hijab should be revealed, meaning the command of hijab should be sent down. فَأَنْزَلَ اللَّهُ آيَةَ الْحِجَابِ Then Allah sent down the verse of hijab. Fulfilling the wish of Umar radiallahu anhu. There are many things that we can learn in this hadith. The first thing that we see is that the women, Aisha radiallahu anha, she says that the women used to go out at night to use the washroom. And this teaches us a number of things. First of all, it shows that they had trained themselves to use the toilet in a way that they would only have to go in the night. Can you imagine? Limiting yourself to just once or twice or just a few times in the day that you're not using the washroom more than once or twice, more than maximum three times, they would go out in the night. Your washroom situation depends on your eating habits. Yes, sometimes it is because of health conditions. If a woman is expecting, it's a different situation. If a woman has some issues inside of her body, that again, that's a different situation. But in general common people, average people, their washroom habits depends on what? Their eating habits. If we graze throughout the day, then we have to keep visiting the washroom throughout the day as well. You know, little children, they have to keep going to the washroom. Why? Because they keep drinking juice, they keep drinking water, they keep nibbling on things here and there. Correct? So likewise, if we have the same habit, then we cannot limit ourselves to using the washroom a few times a day, then we will have to go again and again. And also, if our eating habits are not regular, meaning that we don't have a set time for eating our breakfast, set time for eating our lunch, set time for eating our dinner, then what's going to happen? What's going to happen? We are going to the washroom at odd times. We're going to be going to the washroom at odd times. We don't know when we might need the washroom, when we might not need the washroom. And unfortunately, we see that these days, especially as children, you know, they're raised up. It's common that by the time a child is two, three, then the child is toilet trained. And by that time, the child does not have any idea if he's using the washroom, he's not using the washroom. Correct? But before, and even today, many parents, what do they do? They train their child to use the toilet from a very young age. And then 
you know, the child knows, okay, now I've eaten, now I've had something to drink, so now I'm going to go to the toilet. So our eating habits are messed up because of which our washroom habits are also messed up. And you know what? This has a huge effect on our ibadah. One of the first commands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to the believers in the Qur'an, Ya أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا is what? كُلُوا مِن طَيِّبَاتِ مَا رَزَقْنَاكُمْ Eat of the good things. Eat طَيِّب. Why? Because your eating affects you. Your eating will affect your ibadah. If we have to sit through a class for an hour and a half, but we cannot sit through because we have to keep going to the washroom. We have to keep getting up and going. Right? Why? Because our eating habits are not proper. So we cannot even sit through a class. In salah also, we cannot pray for long. We pray our fard and we think we cannot pray our sunnah because we lost our wudu or we have to go to the washroom because our eating habits are not good and our washroom habits are also not regular. So I mean, this is something that we should really reflect on. They would use the washroom only once at night and that's it. They wouldn't have to go again and again throughout the day. So it reflects their eating habits, it reflects their washroom habits. And we also have to, you know, develop such habits so that we can actually focus on something. We can do our work without interruption. Many times it happens that we're sitting doing our work and then we have to go to the washroom. And then we have to go get up and eat something. And we have to go get up and drink something. So we can't do our work properly. We cannot sit through classes properly. We can't even worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala properly. So they would go only once. And they also led very simple lives and they were used to not eating to their fill. And we see that Ramadan, it shows to us, it proves to us that we can limit our eating to just twice a day. Doesn't it? It proves to us that we can develop this habit if we want to. But we think, no, I'll become hungry. I'll be thirsty. So let me eat this and let me drink that. Now that Ramadan is here, we should really think about it. We should really focus on this that how much did we nibble before? How much did we graze before? And how much irregularly we ate before? So these good habits that are developed in Ramadan, they should be continued after Ramadan as well. So they would go to the washroom once in the night. And it shows that the women may go out of their houses to use the washroom as well. And this is the reason why Imam Bukhari is mentioning this hadith under the bab خُرُوجِ النِّسَاءِ إِلَى الْبَرَازِ The going out of women to relieve themselves in the open. So it is completely permissible for women to do that. And then we see in this hadith that Umar anhu, he uh, found it very difficult to see the wives of the Prophet ﷺ without hijab. Why? Out of fear of fitna. Dislike for fitna. So this is why he wanted that the women should cover themselves up. And once when he saw Sauda anha, he said, I recognized you. And that was it. And then the ayat were revealed. Women might say, why is it that Umar anhu wanted us to wear hijab? You know, because of him, we have to wear hijab. But we don't realize it because of his protectiveness. We are safe as well. We get to perform an act of worship that men cannot we get the chance to do sabr on something that men do not have to. We are doing something that men are not doing. And even if a man wears hijab, he's never going to be rewarded for that. This is something that only we can do. Exclusive for women. So it depends on how you look at it. He had nasiha, well-wishing for the believers. And this is the reason why he wanted this command. That we see that his daughter Hafsa was also the wife of the Prophet ﷺ. But he did not just want that command for his daughter only. 
He wanted it for all of the wives of the Prophet ﷺ, for all of the Muslim women. And it shows that what he wanted was not out of any feelings against the wives of the Prophet ﷺ in particular, but it was in favor of all the Muslim women. You know, being caring for them, being concerned for them. حدثنا زكريا قال حدثنا أبو أسامة عن هشام بن عروة عن أبيه عن عائشة عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم قال he said قد أذن in fact it has been allowed أن تخرجنا that you leave that you go out في حاجتكن for the purpose of your حاجة meaning in order to fulfill your need قال هشام هشام the narrator he said يعني البراز the need of براز meaning Relieving oneself, using the washroom. We learn in the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed concerning the wives of the Prophet and stay within your houses. So they were commanded to stay within their houses and the Prophet told them that it doesn't mean that you can never step out of your house. No, you can go out of your house, but for what? For what? When there is a reason, when you have to fulfill some need of yours. When there is a genuine purpose. Not that a woman does not like to be in the house, so she's out and about every single day from morning to dusk, from morning to night, she's out. She doesn't like to be at home, as some women are. If they're told to be home, they hate it. They dislike it. They don't like to be at home. So the wives of the Prophet ﷺ, they were told to stay in the house. However, an exception was made. You may go out in order to fulfill your need. And of the needs that a person may have, especially at that time, was the topmost priority, relieving oneself. Right? So for that, they were allowed to go. Bab At-Tabarruz Fil Buyut. At-Tabarruz, defecating, relieving oneself, where? Fil Buyut, in the houses. So far we have been learning about, you know, going out of the house, in the open. But is it okay to use the washroom in the house as well? Yes, it is. Is it permissible to have toilets in homes, in houses? Yes, it is. It's perfectly fine. There's no harm in that. And what's the evidence? حدثنا إبراهيم بن المنذر قال حدثنا أنس بن عياض عن عبيد الله عن محمد بن يحيى بن حبان عن واسع بن حبان عن عبد الله بن عمر قال he said ارتقيت I ascended I went up فوق above on top of ظهري the back meaning the roof of بيت حفصة the house of حفصة earlier we learned in another version of the hadith بيت لنا one of the houses of ours here he said, بَيْتِ حَفْصَتَ Because your sister's house is like your own house. Okay, It doesn't mean that you start changing things over there. But you should feel comfortable in the house of your close relatives, in the houses of your immediate family members. As that permission is in the Qur'an. So, فَوْقَ ظَهْرِ بَيْتِ حَفْصَتَ لِبَعْضِ حَاجَتِ For the purpose of some need of mine. So he went up to the house in order to fulfill some need of his. Not to spy, not to look at other people, but to fulfill some need. Whatever that need was, Allahu A'lam. فَرَأَيْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ And then I saw the Messenger of Allah صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ يَقْضِي حَاجَتَهُ He was fulfilling حَاجَتَهُ His need, meaning he was relieving himself, he was using the toilet. مُسْتَدْبِرَ مُسْتَدْبِر From Dubur. Dubur is back. So while his back was towards Al-Qibla, towards the Kaaba. And he was mustaqbil, he was facing Asha'm, meaning Palestine, because Asha'm, the area of Sham is where Palestine is, and that is where Baytul Maqdis is. 
So, in this hadith, what is very clear? That the Prophet ﷺ was using the washroom where? Hmm? At his home, at his house. So, it shows that this is permissible. But obviously, this doesn't mean that in the room or in the place that is supposed to be for eating or for sleeping or for resting or for working. No. The place that has been designated in the house. In other words, if the toilet is within the house, it's not something that is wrong. Okay? There's nothing wrong with that. Because sometimes people are wondering that, okay, if the toilet is here, can I pray here? Can I sit and eat here? Aren't we too close to the toilet? And like it was mentioned earlier, do we have to close the doors of the toilet? It's not necessary. It's perfectly fine. باب حدثنا يعقوب بن إبراهيم قال حدثنا يزيد بن هارون قال أخبرنا يحيى عن محمد بن يحيى بن حبان أن عمه ترندد his uncle واسع بن حبان أخبره أن عبد الله بن عمر أخبره قال he said لقد ظهرت I went up to the ظهر I went up to the roof ذات يوم one day على ظهر بيتنا on the roof of our house فَرَأَيْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ So I saw the Messenger of Allah صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ قَاعِدًا Sitting عَلَىٰ أَبَانْ لَبِنَتَيْنِ Two bricks مُسْتَقْبِلَ بَيْتِ الْمَقْدِسِ Facing the Baytul Maqdis. This hadith also proves that it is permissible. It's the same hadith, slightly different wording. And it proves that it is permissible to have toilets within the house. And you will notice that Imam Bukhari mentions a hadith which is similar, but he reports it again and again. Like for example, this hadith, this is being mentioned for the third time at least. Why? Because there are different reasons. First of all, by mentioning the different versions, whether it's difference in wording or difference in the chain, he's proving the strength of the hadith, that how authentic it is. Because the more it is narrated, that shows that it is authentic. And secondly, he's also showing you know, the, the different meanings that can be derived from the same text. But instead of being redundant, repeating the same chain, repeating the same text, he mentions the different, different ones so that every time you read it, you learn something different. You notice something different. Inshallah, we'll conclude over here because the rest of the ahadith, they, it goes on to washing. Okay, right now we learned about the toilet itself. And now inshallah, we will learn about other things as we continue. Any questions? Any comments? Can you say Bismillah in the washroom when you're making wudu? Like it was mentioned earlier, some scholars, they say that after you enter the washroom, then you say the dua, Bismillah, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubdi wal-khuba'is. Right? So this shows that when you are in the washroom and you're performing wudu, can you say Bismillah? Yes, you can. Because especially the way the toilets are these days, I mean, once a person uses the toilet, the filth is not there anymore. It's gone. And on the surface, everything is clean. So it is okay, inshallah. Likewise, when a person is taking a shower, for example, the ghusl of janaba again, it's fine to say bismillah. You don't have to say out loud. You can even say it in your mouth. Anything else? Okay. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayka. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.